In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast. Hi, I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Bravo Docket. Today's going to be a pretty straightforward episode. We're going to go through the lawsuit that Caroline Manzo filed against Bravo Production, Peacock, etc concerning her time on Real Housewives of Ultimate Girls Trip. No, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip in Morocco. So we're going to do a quick read through, give you our initial thoughts on that and give some insight into what claims she's bringing. I know this has been pretty heavily discussed because everyone was excited to see the new season I guess, what were your thoughts when you heard about the lawsuit and again, I guess, about the Morocco trip? We've already covered multiple incidents of things Brandy has done. So I wasn't surprised that it involved Brandy. I was surprised that Manzo went so far as to file a lawsuit. And you're going to, y'all are mostly going to be getting my authentic, unrehearsed reactions to this because I was working on Ceci and I's episodes on the Marco Marco proceedings that were featured in the documentary and there's a lot more there. So get excited about that. I'm excited to look at this real time and give you my reactions to it as I'm reading it. I guess, yeah, my reactions were, I don't know, like I really want to see the season yeah. still if they can still show it because there were a lot of different personalities in this one. Like Alex McCord hasn't been on TV in a really long, it's kind of unfortunate if because of this lawsuit, it doesn't come out. So that was my initial reaction to all of this. And then, yeah, for those who don't know or who haven't seen the Hulu documentary, the lawsuit that Angela's talking about is one that was featured in part two of The Housewife and the Hustler. And it concerns a team of designers for Erica. And we'll talk about it another time. But if you haven't seen it yet, go watch the documentary to get some context. Yes, because you're going to want that. And it's a great primer for the really in-depth, deep dive episodes we're going to do. And there are hundreds and hundreds of pages of pleading, of pleadings from both sides, both in the criminal case and in the civil case that is still currently ongoing. Tons of interesting issues, receipts upon receipts upon receipts and from both sides. And yeah, that one's going to take a, a long time to go through and sort of organize. Okay. So Caroline Manzo brought this in the Supreme Court of the state of New York. And in New York, the lowest court is called the Supreme Court. 
So that's sort of confusing because typically when you think of a Supreme Court, it's the highest level of court, but here it's the initial level of court. And she brought it in New York against Bravo Media LLC, Forest Productions Inc., Warner Bros. Entertainment Inc., NBC Universal Media, Shed Media US Inc., and Peacock TV LLC. She did not bring it against Brandy. This is the intro. It says defendants, including Bravo, regularly ply the Real Housewives cast with alcohol, cause them to be severely intoxicated, and then direct, encourage, and or allow them to sexually harass other cast members because that is good for ratings. Plaintiff Caroline Manzo is a victim of those harmful actions. This lawsuit seeks to hold defendants accountable for their unlawful conduct and hopefully discourage defendants from continuing to sacrifice their cast members' safety for their own ratings and profits. Quote, the producers ask you to do something and then you get in trouble for it. Four exclamation points. The producers need to follow the rules. End quote. Quote, producers may not shove alcohol down our throats, but they sure do encourage it, even in Morocco, during the day where it's illegal to drink, end quote. Quote, they had pretty sure told me to rip his shirt off. I was doing what I was told, end quote. Brandy Glanville. So they quoted Brandy's statements in this intro to their complaint for Caroline Manzo. It's her tweets. Oh, tweet. Yeah, tweets. Because then they put... Do you call them X's them. now since it's X? Is it? <laughs> mm, I will never do that. Okay, then it continues. Since in its inception in the early 1990s, reality television has been linked to negative effects on participants' safety, emotional health, and welfare. For example, there have been at least 38 suicides stemming from actions and inactions by producers and networks of reality television shows. Okay, that's a dark start, but also, whoa. Maybe we can find this person that wrote the journal article and see if they want to do an interview with us. This portion of the intro that Sessie's quoting is cited as harsh reality when producers and networks should be liable for negligence and intentional infliction of emotional distress. And it's from the Seton Hall Journal of Sports and Entertainment Law. And then it continues, despite this knowledge, reality television producers and networks care more about their ratings and advertising revenue than they do about the safety of the show's participants. A horrific example is that in August 2011, Russell Armstrong, a cast member of Bravo Network's popular television show, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, committed suicide weeks before the second season was set to air. Bravo executives debated whether or not to televise the season and ultimately decided to air it. Bravo's decision and the subsequent viewing statistics has proven that audiences are drawn to real-life drama, even in the aftermath of a suicide. The second season drew in 2.2 million viewers, 42% more viewers than the first season, making it the highest rated Real Housewives series and Bravo's most popular show. Yeah, so all of that was from the journal article. I I don't know. I kind of feel like it's unfair to blame the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for Russell Armstrong. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. I don't think that's the bet. I I know why they use that example. It's because Brandy was on Beverly Hills, but I don't think that's the best example because he kind of took himself off the show and I, I really don't think his suicide had anything to do with his time on reality television. No, that chain of events was set in action well before reality TV entered Russell Armstrong's life. I mean, it is like a very gripping thing to start with, but it also is sort of unrelated to her claims. Plaintiff's attorneys work really hard to craft a narrative and get the reader really interested. Defense attorneys do as well, but then that puts the defense having to decide whether or not they're even going to 
respond to some of these things and clear it up or if they're just going to focus on the actual facts at hand. Yeah, I mean, it, it does go into describing Real Housewives and we'll read that next. But I just think it was for shock value. But that all to say, there are so many examples of sexual assault and lawsuits stemming from sexual assault in the reality TV space that they could have mentioned in this first paragraph. Yeah. Like Love is Blind has been sued multiple times in the past year because of allegations of sexual assault. So I probably would have put that in. I know it's different networks, but it's a little bit more pertinent. Well, yeah. And then what is the Bachelor spinoff where they're on the beach? What's that one called? I don't watch it. I used to. Something Island. I don't remember what it's called. I know people are going to attack me. I don't remember what it's called, but I used to watch that. Like Bachelor Island or something? Had a drinking incident where the producers actually stepped in and stopped it. They could have used below deck examples. But that one was a good example. Like they stepped in. So they don't want to use that. Yeah, that was a great example. Anyway. All right. You want to read the next paragraph? The Real Housewives is an American reality television franchise. 11 different series have been produced in the United States with another 21 international adaptations. I didn't know there were 21 international adaptations. I didn't either. I need to get my hands on some of those so I can watch them (laughs) as if I have time. The Real Housewives of New Jersey is the fourth installment in the franchise and was announced in 2008. The original cast includes plaintiff Caroline Manzo, who first appeared on the show in 2009. Miss Manzo remained a cast member until she left the series after its fifth season in 2014. Obviously, her lawyers wrote this, but she's failing to mention the fact that she had spinoff shows just based on her and her family that she was totally fine with and profited off for years. So reality TV isn't all bad, according to Caroline Manzo, you know? And then her kids had their own show too, didn't they? I think so. Leaving that part out. Of course. You have to. Yeah. Since then, defendants have produced a spinoff series entitled The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, which is filmed in different locations throughout the world. In 2023, defendants hired Miss Manzo to appear in the fourth season of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, which took place in Marrakesh, Morocco. One of the other cast members to participate in the series with Miss Manzo is a woman by the name of Brandy Glanville. Miss Glanville appeared in the second through fifth season of Defendant series, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Defendants fired Miss Glanville after the series' fifth season. However, Miss Glanville continued to make guest appearances in the show's sixth, ninth, and tenth seasons. In 2022, defendants hired Miss Glanville for season two of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, which took place in the Berkshires, Massachusetts. It was Miss Glanville who, on Girls Trip in Morocco, sexually abused Miss Manzo. Defendants had overwhelming prior notice of Miss Glanville's prior deviant sexual proclivities and sexually harassing conduct. However, despite this knowledge, defendants wrongfully continued to hire Glanville for their shows. Defendants allowed, condoned, and even encouraged Miss Glanville's sexually aggressive and offensive conduct on others on the sets. Defendants profited from Miss Glanville's sexually offensive and harassing conduct, and once again chose ratings and profit over protecting their employees. Defendants never should have hired Miss Glanville to participate in Girls Trip because they knew that she tended to sexually harass others. Defendants even encouraged Miss Glanville to become drunk on the set so that she would be more likely to commit outrageous and harassing acts, thereby helping defendants' ratings without regard to the rights and safety of those around her. As a result of defendants' actions and inactions, Ms. Glanville sexually abused and harassed Ms. Manzo, causing Ms. Manzo extreme emotional distress and other loss of enjoyment of life and other damages. 
I'm not saying any of that didn't happen. I'm not saying any of that. This is not a comment on the veracity of Caroline Manzo's claims in this case. I have no doubt that Brandy acted out just from her past behavior like they're describing. But I feel like Caroline Manzo probably knew about Brandy prior to going on the show with her and still agreed to go on the show. I just don't think there's an assumption of risk with it, though. I think that's what you're trying to get at, that she probably assumed the risk of being on the show with someone like Brandy, but I don't... No, not a legal argument. That's just my reaction of you kind of know what you're getting with Brandy, but that also goes both ways because Bravo knows what they're doing with exactly. Brandy. Yeah. 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 I don't think that makes it fair. I know I know what you're saying, but I don't... I still... they sh- She shouldn't behave that way. <laughs> yeah. No, 100% agree. We don't even know if they even told the cast members who was going mm-hmm. to be on the trip with them. We don't know that. Or even if Carolyn knows who Brandy is or knew of her before this happened. Right. She, no. I really, yeah, I really doubt New Jersey. I don't know why. I feel like New Jersey wouldn't be watching Beverly Hills. Like, oh, you know Melissa Gorga does. I feel like Marge would too. I can't imagine Caroline watching Beverly Hills. Hey, this is just pure talk and speculation. <laughs> so it says this case involves acts of sexual harassment and assault committed by Glanville against Manzo, which was caused by and allowed to happen by defendants. Around December 2022, Manzo signed a contract and agreed with defendants to return to reality television and appear on defendant Bravo, The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 4. Defendants supposedly required a pre-filming class where sexual harassment training was discussed. Upon information and belief, defendants did not require Glanville to attend this class. I would love to see what they teach in that class and what examples they give. Well, I'm sure when and if defendants respond, so bravo, that they will probably say Glanville did attend and this is what we went over. That's just my hunch. Then continuing on, we know generally from the agreements that we've been able to see that there's always a forced arbitration provision in the agreements that they signed to be on the show. So that just means that if there's a dispute that arises under the agreement, so or on the show and has to do with the show, that it can't go to court, it has to be arbitrated. And we've talked about that before in this Southern Charm episode. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. But there was a law passed in 2022 that stems from the Me Too movement and says that you cannot force arbitration when there are claims of sexual harassment or sexual assault against an employer. I'm honestly shocked they were able to get that law passed. And I'm glad they did, but I'm shocked they were able to get it passed. Yeah. So some background for the American Bar Association. According to a recent study, about 60 million workers or more than half of the non-unionized private sector workforce are subject to mandatory arbitration agreements. Advocates have argued that forced arbitration and non-disclosure policies may contribute to the problem by shuttling complaints into private arbitrations rather than public court filings. So yeah, because, well, they're arguing that because of this law, the mandatory arbitration provision in the agreement that Caroline signed should not be enforced. So that's why they're saying they were able to bring this lawsuit. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about what she alleges happened. And she actually put out, or her lawyers put a chronology of everything that happened day by day. So I thought it'd be interesting to read through that. Yes. Day one. On Sunday, January 22nd, 2023, at approximately 9 a.m., Manzo and several members of the cast of Defendant Bravo, The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 4, gathered in the lobby of the Four Seasons Hotel in Casablanca, Morocco. 
I Googled the Four Seasons Hotel in Casablanca, Morocco, and it wasn't as fancy as I was expecting. Well, I'll Google it now. The pictures are really nice, but it just wasn't as fancy as I was expecting. The Post Oak Hotel in Houston is fancier on the inside, from what I can see. Anyway, the cast waited in the lobby at the Four Seasons Hotel, then boarded vans to take them to the private villas to meet up with the rest of the castmates and to where they would be staying for the duration of filming of the show. On Sunday, January 22nd, upon arriving at the villa, Manzo greeted her castmates once more, and then each of the castmates proceeded to choose their rooms. I wish they would have given more detail about this in the complaint. <laughs> That'll be the next lawsuit someone files against Ramona. Yeah. <laughs> Harassment model. Getting a room. Assault and battery. Definitely intentional towards. Once the rooms were chosen, Manzo unpacked, got settled into her room, and met her castmates for drinks by the pool area at the villa. Manzo and her castmates then proceeded to attend a lunch set up on the terrace by the pool where they were tutored by a local resident on basic customs and manners of the Moroccan people. Bless you. That evening, Manzo and her castmates had dinner at the Mandarin Oriento Hotel and then returned to their rooms for the night. Ceci, what happens on day two? I don't know why that day one thing was necessary, but okay. She's just setting the scene. I know. They're spoiling the show. I guess if we don't, maybe this is the closest you can get to knowing what happened. Oh, yeah. Here you go, everyone. I was trying to look up, like, in Morocco, don't they have those, like, beautiful enclosed, I was trying to look up what they're called, not a villa, but they're, like, the enclosed, they're, like, a courtyard, I don't know what they're called, but I would prefer to stay in one of those than yeah. in a hotel like this. But Because of the hand motions you're doing that no one can see, I can, like, Ceci's doing this, like, arabesque hand motion, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a Spanish-style courtyard, but then there's separate rooms, I don't remember what they're called. I know they have a term. I don't either. That's okay. All right. Day two. On Monday morning, January 23rd, 2023, Manzo met her castmates for breakfast. After breakfast, Manzo and her castmates were taken to the souk or market to shop. After the souk, Manzo and her castmates had lunch at a local Moroccan restaurant and then headed back to the villa to freshen up before a girl's night out in the town planned by Real Housewife of Atlanta, Eva Marcel. We didn't, we didn't need to know that stuff either. <laughs> this doesn't seem to have anything to do with, it's like, oh, everything's going fine. I don't, it's not helping. Yeah, I thought here. it was going to be like they drank every day. Yeah, I was expecting more emphasis on that. I, th- I think it'll get there though. Day three on Tuesday morning, January 24th, 2023, Manzo and the castmates started the day with a traditional Moroccan breakfast at the villa. On Tuesday afternoon, Manzo and the castmates again went to the souk where they were to meet a local female Moroccan chef at the spice shop. Manzo and the castmates shopped for ingredients to cook a traditional Moroccan meal at the chef's home. That afternoon at the chef's home, Glanville's behavior... Okay, here we go. We're finally getting Mm -hmm. (laughs) to the point. Glanville's behavior became crude, rude, disrespectful, and sexually harassing. Glanville began making lewd gestures and sexual comments. In one of her comments, Glanville compared a vegetable to a penis, stating, quote, that pepper looks like a dick. End quote. Glanville was also peeling a strawberry with a potato. I'm sorry. What? I don't know why. This, okay, it's like 10 o'clock at night. Glanville was also peeling a strawberry with a potato peeler, and the chef of the house tried to explain that the peeler was not to peel a strawberry. So I used to nanny for five kids, and it's like the seven-year-old is acting up. Glanville yelled at the woman in her own home. And by the way, this is on all caps, and it's a quote. Quote, I know, bitch! Exclamation point. This is what I want to do. End quote. Would you like to take over? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think like I, I hate humor like that where it's like, oh, look at this banana or look at this cucumber. 
like comparing a vegetable to a penis. Like I hate that kind of humor. I think it's so stupid. I don't so know. dumb. The strawberry potato peeler is kind of funny. Or am I just tired? Oh, no, I think that's funny. But I mean, okay. when she said that she compared a vegetable to a penis, like as a joke, I think, Again, I think that's it's a like dumb joke. That's stupid. A tr- like a 13-year-old boy being like, hey, look, it looks like a penis. Like, it's but yeah, not- peeling a strawberry with a potato peeler is insane. Like, who does that? It's it's hard enough to peel a potato with a potato peeler, but to peel a strawberry, there's so little. You could hurt your hands. The behavior so far is between a, a 7 boy. to 12-year-old with low impulse control. Yeah. Okay. And, and I finally figured out what the word was. It's a Riyadh. A Riyadh. Okay. Yeah. I did not so know It's like a word. courtyard style in Morocco. Like that's where I would want to stay. I've never yeah. been, but that's where I would stay. Anyway, Manzo objected to Glanville's offensive sexual comments. Manzo told Glanville that her, her behavior and disrespect for the chef in her own home was appalling. Manzo further stated that Glanville's sexually offensive behavior cast Americans and American women women in a derogatory light. Glanville yelled at Manzo, shut up. This is my vacation, bitch. I'll do what the, I'll do what the fuck I want. On Tuesday evening, January 24, 2023. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at the idea of Brandy Glanville being the representative for foreign diplomacy for America. I mean, nobody wants. I mean, I agree with Caroline Manzo. No one wants that. No one wants that. But I don't know why it's like bringing me back to when Yolanda Foster was like, nothing is more unattractive than a drunk woman. And that's just some of the most beautiful interactions between women have come between drunk girls in the bathroom at a club. There is no nicer group of people than a bunch of drunk girls in the bathroom together at a club or a bar. Yeah, it just rubs me the wrong way when it's like you're you're making us all look bad. I, I don't know. It's just making herself look bad. That's yeah, all. Let her right. make herself look bad. Right. I feel like I would get defensive as someone. I mean, I would never compare a vegetable to a penis because, again, I think that's a stupid joke. But <laughs> when you're mad at me, I'm just going to randomly send you eggplant. <laughs> I honestly, I don't get that either. But anyway, like, I think it's so dumb. No, I'm not going to do that because I'm not Brandy. But yeah, like, but <laughs> yeah, she's she's acting. She's acting appalling. But like you said, she's not Miss America. So I would I would be pissed off if I was Brandy and someone was telling me to calm down over I mean, that. That's, a, that's the way to get Brandy more upset. Activated. Yeah. And to act out more. All right. Do you want to keep going? Yeah. On Tuesday evening, Manzo and the castmates went back to the villa where they would be filming an evening shoot and were to be entertained by a belly dancer and enjoy a festive Moroccan dinner. Manzo walked on set and into the film shoot. Manzo made a conscious effort to be kind to Glanville in order to move past the argument between Glanville and Manzo. While on set, Manzo approached the bar to have a drink. Immediately, Manzo noticed that the castmates were drinking and some castmates appeared intoxicated. Throughout the trip, the other housewives would frequently comment to Manzo that she had large breasts. Cast members asked Manzo, are they real or fake? Later that evening, Manzo and her castmates retreated to a couch near the bar to watch a snake handler. Clearly intoxicated, Glanville walked over to Manzo, spread Manzo's legs, and leaned into Manzo. She then laid her head on Manzo's inner thigh. Manzo pulled away and moved to the end of the couch. Manzo is five feet tall in height compared to Glanville, who is close to six feet tall. Exerting her dominance over Manzo, Glanville followed Manzo and sat right next to Manzo on the couch. Glanville proceeded to kiss Manzo with a closed mouth. Glanville then kissed Manzo again, and Manzo was very uncomfortable. Glanville then proceeded to mount Manzo on the couch, holding her down with her body. Forcibly squeezed Manzo's cheeks together and thrust her tongue in Manzo's mouth while humping her. Ugh. Uh, Yeah. Manzo tried to push Glanville off her body. 
However, Glanville was restraining Manzo with her much greater weight, size, and strength and was unable to free herself. Eventually, Manzo was finally able to break free from Glanville. I just want to read, this was a footnote to when she said the people, castmates appeared intoxicated. It says defendants here, so Bravo and the production, are constantly supplying the castmates with alcohol. For example, if one wanted alcohol at 9 a.m. at breakfast, they could have as much alcohol as they wanted. For defendants, the more drunk the housewives were, the more outrageous the behavior and the higher the ratings. Respondents, so defendants, made sure to know each housewife's drink of choice so that they were more likely to consume alcohol. I don't care if you're drunk. I don't care what you're doing. You can't invade someone's space without their permission. You just can't. You can't do that. You can't especially sit on them and force physical contact. That's just not okay. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're supposed to learn that when you're a child. You, you can't do that. Right. Manzo, distraught, scared, and confused, got up from the couch. She went over to hold one of the snakes in order to distract herself from the assault that had just occurred. Every time I read a Bravo-related complaint, I think it can't get any weirder, and then <laughs> a new one comes out. Manzo tried to remain as calm as she could, all the while trying to comprehend what had just happened. Okay, in the next paragraph, Manzo describes being sexually assaulted as a child, and I, I don't want to read this. The complaint is available, but I think people just need to know that Manzo is relating that in the context of why this was also so upsetting to her and caused her to have sort of a state of shock. Then Manzo, overcome and distraught, then went to the bathroom to wash her hands. Brandy, Gretchen, oh yeah, I forgot Gretchen was in this. Alex McCord and Caroline walked into the bathroom at the same time. As Caroline stood to stood at the sink washing her hands, Brandy entered the bathroom and came behind Manzo, forced her vagina against Manzo's buttocks, 
breasts against Manzo's back, wrapped her long arms around Manzo, forcibly restraining her, and began washing her hands with Manzo's hands entwined. Immediately, Manzo tried to exit the bathroom. The bathroom door was locked. Brandy pinned Manzo's body against the door. Glanville pressed her breasts and vagina against Manzo. Manzo tried to unlock the door but could not get out. Brandy repeatedly hit Manzo's hand away from the door lock. Glanville then reached around Manzo's body and then groped, grabbed, and forcibly fondled Manzo's vagina and breasts. At the same time, Glanville pushed her face into Manzo's neck in order to kiss her. Wait, Wait Gretchen and Alex McCord, it, are they in the same room as them while they're in the happening? same bathroom? But is it like a separate stall? No, I think it's just like a big bathroom. It's like in the villa. Okay, okay. Defendants' producers are listening to the interaction on audio and even send one of them to the bathroom door to investigate, but he never opened the door or took any other action to intervene and stop the sexual assault. Manzo, visibly shaken, was finally let out of the bathroom after Housewife of New York, Alex McCord, saw what was happening and unlocked the bathroom door so Manzo could leave. Wait, so the bathroom door locks from the outside? Who locked no, them in the there? inside. They're all inside. But so why couldn't Manzo unlock the door? Because Brandy kept forcing her hand away. Oh, okay. After the sexual assault, Manzo, clearly shaken, tried to gather herself all the while thinking to herself, quote, you're here to do your job, do your job, end quote, and proceeded to the dining room for dinner. At the dinner table, as Manzo was trying to regain her composure, defendant's employee, Glanville, screamed across the table to a crew member slash producer named Laser, a married man, quote, I want to F you. Manzo proceeded to get up from the table to use the bathroom once again. Glanville tried to go into the bathroom twice that night again with Manzo. Glanville said, I'm going with you. You've had too much to drink. Manzo stated she was not intoxicated and that she was fine. Glanville started massaging Manzo's breasts and Manzo objected, telling Glanville, I think it's time for you to leave. Manzo stated, I got abused. At one point, Ava, another cast member, stated, Brandy is over accosting her and she wants it to stop, referring to Manzo. Defendants continued filming plaintiff throughout, even though she was in distress from these sexual assaults. On Tuesday evening, January 24th, Manzo vis was visited by two projection heads from defendants. Immediately, they asked what happened in the bathroom. Manzo began to sob and explain what had happened. Manzo also requested not to be left alone with Brandy again. Manzo was scared for her safety and well-being. My reaction to this is there is absolutely nothing that Caroline Manzo has said that I don't 100% believe happened. All of this tracks Brandy's past behavior. This seems very factual to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could see Brandy being relentless, thinking she's being fun and flirty and joking. And it's like, dude, leave me alone. You know, you're invading my, like, you're invading my space. You're harassing me. Leave me alone. And she just doesn't budge. I could totally see that happening, especially if she was so drunk. She is a mess when she's drunk. Producers really should do what they did, for example, on Below Deck and step in. Especially if someone's yelling help. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Day four. On the morning of Wednesday, January 25th, 2023, Manzo received a text from Glanville saying, quote, I'm sorry I made you feel uncomfortable, end quote. Manzo did not respond. Manzo and her castmates were scheduled to film in the Moroccan desert. Manzo and her castmates proceeded to travel the desert without Glanville, who arrived many hours later. During the ride to the desert, Manzo was extremely quiet, reflecting on the assault and began quietly crying. One of the producers in the van handed Manzo a tissue. During the afternoon on Wednesday, January 25th, 2023, Manzo and her castmates proceeded to take a yoga class, eat lunch, and have a camel ride, followed by dinner. Despite Manzo's request that she not have to be in Glanville's presence, Glanville was at lunch with Manzo. Additionally, Glanville was also at the camel rides with Manzo. This made Manzo extremely uncomfortable. After the camel rides, Manzo noticed that Glanville 
was complaining, telling the other castmates that Manzo had accused her of sexual assault. Manzo sat at dinner that evening, shaking uncontrollably with severe emotional distress due to the fact that production would be addressing the group regarding Brandy's behavior. I'm sorry if you hear my dog's (laughs) collar. He's right behind me. Manzo and her castmates spent the night in the desert. Manzo was advised that Brandy was being removed from the desert and the villa property immediately and would be staying at a hotel nearby. During this time, Alex McCord, who is a psychologist, tried to help Manzo cope with her emotional distress. Defendants' employees asked Manzo to meet with Brandy. They told Manzo that the acts committed by Brandy were just her way of showing Manzo love as per Glanville. Despite the fact that Manzo was so emotionally distraught, and despite the fact that Manzo asked not to be around Brandy, defendants still wanted her to meet with Brandy. Defendants were more focused on the continuation of the show rather than the health and well-being of Manzo after she was sexually abused. Day five. On Thursday, January 26, 2023, Manzo returned to the villa and was called by investigators from defendant NBC. Manzo was also expected to attend a spa day at the villa with the others, but was so distraught she did not take any part in the activities of the day. Manzo was then reminded by defendants of the filming itinerary and that she was scheduled to cook a meal for her ca- scheduled to cook a meal for her castmates. Manzo began prepping for the meal. Manzo felt overwhelmed and wanted to address the situation regarding Glanville so they could all move forward. Housewives of Atlanta, Phaedra Parks, and Ava Marcel began interrogating Manzo, which made Manzo feel very uncomfortable. Manzo was unable to cook due to her emotional distress, which was compounded by Phaedra and Ava's hostility. Manzo went back to her room. She received text messages from some of the housewives that they were going to visit Glanville at her hotel half an hour away. It is believed that defendants were filming the other housewives going to visit Glanville. Manville was disgusted at how Glanville's sexual assault of Manzo and its aftermath was being used for entertainment purposes. Additionally, and unbelievably, that night, defendants allowed Glanville to spend time with the other housewives, thereby placing them at risk of being sexually harassed or assaulted by Glanville. Defendants had a complete lack of care for the rights and safety of others. Moreover, defendants continued to film Manzo and video record her experiences in order to profit from the entertainment of Manzo's sexual assault experience. I'm wondering, controlling the production of these things must be so difficult, especially being in another country. And I'm wondering, if maybe there, were there not enough people there, especially because they had to be in Morocco? Were there not enough people there to keep track of everything that was going on and maybe intervene? I don't know. I don't know either. But if so, that makes them only more... You would think you would want at least three people monitoring Brandy, but if they're all drinking, it's like trying to herd a bunch of drunk cats. And I can imagine that maybe they wouldn't send as many people on an expensive trip to Morocco in order to monitor everybody. I don't know. I don't know how production works. I would love to know, but I don't know. Well, I mean, I know from other cast trips, sometimes they hire local production mm-hmm. companies. Yeah. So maybe they did that here too. But What's that podcast with the reality TV producers? It's good. We talked ha- about it on the podcast before. Yeah. When I have spare time, I listen to it. Not as much as I'd like to, but I wonder if we could ask them how that normally works. The name Mm -hmm. of the podcast is the Reality Bites podcast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then additionally, certain producers tried to convince Manzo to meet with Glanville even after Manzo was so visibly distraught. Manzo could not bear the torture perpetuated by defendants in Glanville anymore. On Friday, she flew home to the United States. Defendants did not stop filming Manzo. Even all the way to the airport to the very last opportunity, they filmed Manzo in hopes of gathering more drama to increase their ratings, and which was in retaliation for plaintiff's complaints. In addition to the acts stated above, 
Glanville committed the following further acts of sexual abuse and harassment against Manzo. Groping Manzo's breasts. Placing herself directly against Manzo's genital area. Brandy forcefully holding Manzo down on the sofa while humping her and blocking her escape with her large body in retaliation to that of Manzo, all while one of the other cast members was yelling, get her, Brandy. Oh, who was that? I don't think she said that earlier. Looks like it's unnamed. Yeah, they never said who said that. Defendants further retaliated against plaintiff by using plaintiff's objection to the sexual assaults to continue filming her for more television drama and also continued to encourage Glanville to sexually assault plaintiff for the same reason. Substantial punitive damages are warranted because defendants encouraged the above unlawful conduct and because defendants had overwhelming prior notice of Brandy's sexually harassing behavior prior to this trip. Below are some examples. So then they go into a summary of Brandy's past awful behavior on Real Housewives and Ultimate Girls Trip. This part's almost like a BuzzFeed article of Brandy's worst behavior with pictures and quotes. Okay, so Beverly Hills, season two, episode 17. Glanville did sexually harass housewife of Beverly Hills, Adrian Maloof, by trying to make out with her without her consent. Glanville told Adrian's husband, Paul, I tried to make out with your wife, but I don't think she wanted to. Maloof's husband told Glanville, I wouldn't want you kissing my wife. And then there's a really blurry screenshot of Brandy. It's definitely a picture someone took of their TV. Of their TV. Yeah. But I don't, I don't get what this helps show. I don't know. I don't know. I it's don't know like what... Brandy's mid blinking and Adrian is just smiling next to her. I don't know. Yeah. I do think this whole section is very persuasive and like yeah, very helpful context for a judge. Just this photo. is. Yeah. I might have led with this and then. Yeah. yeah. So previously during Beverly Hills season two, episode 17, Glanville did sexually harass housewife of Beverly Hills. Lisa Vanderpump's husband, Ken, by hugging and pawing at him with housewife Lisa Vanderpump telling Glanville, quote, get off my husband. Then they bring up Brandy's racist remarks. Against Joyce. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Man, she has she has a laundry list of terrible things. Glanville did racially discriminate against housewife of Beverly Hills, Joyce Gerard, telling her, quote, you're a black person as this, as if this were some sort of reason why she did not or could not swim. What? When did, I don't even, previously during Real House of Beverly Hills season four, episode nine, Glanville did racially discriminate against housewife of New York, Joyce Strard, saying to a bartender, fill this up before I murder a Puerto Rican? I think I remember that. All right. Then there's another instance where she t- says to Carlton, I'm going to molest you while trying to pull Carlton into bed with her. Carlton pulled herself away and said, get off and go to bed. Then there was another instance in season five, episode seven, where she tells Lisa, do you want me to eat your pussy? While at a gathering with housewives, Lisa Vanderpump rejected her offer. I remember that one. Man, this is, it keeps getting, yeah, when they put, then they, when they catalog everything she's done, yeah, they should have started with this. Then they're at a party where David Foster's playing the guitar and Brandy says, why do you look like you are finger banging? Oh, there's a, this photo it shows her with two fingers. Yeah. Yeah, I love how she's doing that to David Foster with the picture of Yolanda behind her framed. Just Beverly Hills season five, episode 17. Glanville attempted to force a kiss on Housewife of Beverly Hills' Lisa Vanderpump as Lisa was pleading, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that and leave me alone. Glanville then struck Lisa Vanderpump in the face. And then they have the screenshot. I remember that episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, then in September 2021, this just talks about her time on the Berkshires trip and the things that she did there. So she said to Eva and Phaedra, we are three Scorpios, let's get naked. Then she tells Eva, I'm bisexual, and then hugged her, making her extremely uncomfortable, according to the author of this. Then this is the lawsuit we haven't talked about yet, but it concerns the butler on that show, who was Marco Vega. She, according to this complaint, mentally, physically, and sexually assaulted him by ripping off his shirt, leaving him shirtless and humiliated in front of his other castmates, telling him, earn your money, Marco, do something. And there are screenshots from that. Yeah. And then Ultimate Girls Trip Bluestone Manor Season 2, Episode 6, Glanville began making sexually harassing advances and unwanted attempts at kissing Housewife of New York, Vicki Gunvalson, despite Vicki repeatedly asking Glanville to stop. I remember that as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then Glanville, I remember this too, like pulled up her dress so you could see her butt. And Vicky was like, I don't want a lap dance. I'm good. I'm good. I don't want. No, no, no. Glanville continued to give her a lap dance despite her protests. And there are screenshots of that as well. Again, defendants did not stop the sexually harassing and assaulting behavior. And defendants allowed Glanville to continue to appear on their shows where she sexually harassed others. At all times material, defendants were aware of the unwanted harassment and retaliation and failed to take appropriate action. Manzo has a right to feel safe at work, and defendants violated that right. Defendants' actions show a willful and wanton indifference to the rights of Manzo. When you see the words willful and wanton, that always means there's going to be a demand for punitive damages, which they've already mentioned. As a result of defendants' discriminatory and intolerable treatment, Manzo suffered and continues to suffer from severe emotional distress. Because of the acts and conduct complained of herein, Manzo has suffered and will continue to suffer the loss of income, bonuses, benefits, and other compensation which such employment entails. Manzo has also suffered emotional pain, suffering, inconvenience, loss of enjoyment of life, and other non-losses. All right. And then I don't want to get into these too much, but at a high level, her causes of action here are discrimination, retaliation by her employer on the basis of sex and gender, sexual harassment, sexual assault, negligence. I think sexual battery. I will just say there are some, I've started dabbling in employment law, and I think there are some causes of action here that she doesn't meet the elements for, but others that she does. Like she claims she was retaliated against for bringing up her claim of sexual assault, but in my I, limited knowledge of this, I don't think what she alleges constitutes retaliation. Normally it's someone being fired because they raise a complaint or being mistreated because they raise a complaint of something. Retaliation can be the creation of a hostile work environment or being demoted in some way. It could be you reported right. something that happened and then you are put in a tiny office in the basement. Right. But her claim of retaliation is that she kept being filmed. So I don't think that counts. That they were pestering her. But if I was them, I would argue you had a job to do when we just kept filming you so you could finish your job. Yeah. But they let her go. They let her leave. Yeah, it's such a weird situation. I mean, she's in a foreign country. Maybe she's an employee because you have to have a work visa in order to film or whatever over there. You can't just go to another country and do work and get paid for it and not have the proper visas and whatnot. But I don't know how that works in Morocco. Okay, Buddy has entered the microphone area. <laughs> oh, hi, Buddy. Oh, he's so cute. I feel like after an hour of recording, that's when he comes over and is like, like you're done. Mom, <laughs> you're done. Yeah, if John wasn't home, the cats would be in here by now complaining. 
I just, I mean, I honestly, I do believe she has claims here. Just the retaliation one felt weak to me. As yeah. did discrimination based on gender. I mean, there's so many different claims here and there's choice of law issues. There's venue and jurisdiction issues. The lawyers defending this are going to cost a lot just to sort through all of it and make their legal arguments one way or the other. Totally. And there's the issue of arbitration. Like they could challenge that. Yeah. This should be arbitrated even still, even despite the law. But they stipulated that they don't have to respond to this complaint until April 2nd, 2024. So it's going to be a while until we know what their argument is, unfortunately, or what their next move is. Like maybe they'll try and settle with her. Maybe they'll try and force this into arbitration. Maybe they'll try and dismiss some of these claims. Maybe they'll just straight up answer. We don't know. When you're an attorney, you tend to disassociate and think about the legal claims and whether or not those are valid pursuant to the law. But that doesn't mean when Ceci and I are talking about this, that we're not saying what happened isn't valid or that it wasn't sexual assault in reality. It's oh, totally. Just, you have to be able to do both as an attorney because you can't prosecute a claim like this or file a claim like this or defend a claim like this without being able to separate what the law says from the facts of what actually happened. And 100, 100% believe everything that Caroline Manzo is saying about Brandy here. I, there's no doubt in my mind that that's what happened. Yeah, I think she's probably most successful in her hostile work environment claim. I wish we had the contracts that were they had to sign. I mean, I, I know they are typically filed under seal, but the court can make them public and the court may do so. And especially when they have to quote parts of it, whether in a motion to strike or motion to dismiss or motion for summary judgment, you can usually get parts of it. I mean, that's how we've gotten some from the other lawsuits that have been filed. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they, they might even settle with her and just end it. Okay, here's what the parties have said in the media since this lawsuit was filed. So Caroline's attorney told EW, the network should always be concerned about the safety of their employees. The housewives are not their pawns to abuse for drama purposes. We believe this case is about the network selfishly sacrificing the well-being of their talent for ratings and profit. Brandy Lanville stated that she was simply doing what the producers told her to do. Reality, reality TV is leading to severe emotional and physical harm of its talent. This must stop. We are outraged by Bravo, Peacock, and NBC's conduct and look forward to having the issues decided by a jury. Sexual harassment should never be entertainment. Brandy should not blame this on production. Like even, even if they did, she's an adult. Yeah, exactly. Even from the beginning when we when we were talking about it, mate, this is like someone with the brain of a child between the ages of like four and maybe seven that doesn't have any impulse control and maybe has some other issues. This is not the behavior of an adult. Without knowing all the facts, it's hard to, there's got to be audio, there's got to be some video. And without knowing all the facts, it's hard to know exactly how much the producers were able to see. But it does seem like if they were in the midst of filming that they should have been able to see or at least hear what was going on. Although I guess the cameras don't typically follow people into the bathroom. Right. Okay. Then Brandy said to page six while filming Brandy, or this is her representative, while filming Brandy followed what the producers asked of her and there was no sexual assault. She is innocent of these absurd accusations that have weighed on her mental and physical health for far too long without a word of support from Peacock, Shed, or Bravo. 
This painful storytelling seems endless and needs to stop. She is looking to move on and upward and get her life back. It's kind of complicated. The legal issues are complicated, but the facts are not. Brandy shouldn't have done that. It's never okay. Like Ceci and I have said this the whole time because we just don't know. We only have one side of the story right now. So we don't know the circumstances. I mean, there's been no video released. There's been no audio released. Yeah, I guess I guess like my thought, I just go back to Bravo. The shows are not fly on the wall. This is not like true life or intervention where they're just there or even like a national geographic where they're just filming an animal in their natural environment. Like Bravo does create situations or the production the producers do create situations so i guess what everyone's trying to say and even like bethany and i guess bethany and everyone involved in that is kind of like you can't do it both ways you can't both construct this and have a hand in creating storylines and then when you're accused of something say well no 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 it was them acting on their own accord i do think this is brandy acting on her own accord i think it's more the circumstances that permitted it to continue. The good example from Below Deck where Aisha and Captain Jason stepped in immediately, did exactly what they should have done, stopped it, and then got that individual immediately separated and then off the boat. Brandy should have been off the boat as soon as they became aware of what happened. So what makes this also different is that they already know Brandy going in. They didn't know that guy. In the legal community, what we refer to as notice, and there was certainly notice of Brandy's behavior. Not only was there notice, it's on TV in perpetuity that anyone can stream at any time. Yeah, it just, I, I, like, like I said, it just feels, it feels complicated. Just, it's, I mean, this lawsuit has me thinking, Yeah, you know, the reality reckoning has me thinking, and people have wanted us to talk about that too, and it just, it's sort of beyond anything I can talk about. I can sit here and think about it like I'm doing right now, but I'm not in that space. Anyway, that's the lawsuit. All right, legal team. Well, we'll update you when we have any more info on this lawsuit as it goes forward. And don't forget, we have our Instagram, our Patreon. (laughs) Bye, legal team. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Bravo Docket is part of the Acast Creator Network. <laughs>